0: A £20,000 prize makes the Edwin Morgan Award one of the largest poetry awards in the UK and we're going to tell you all about it. Welcome to the Poetry at Indie Podcast. Oh, oh, so oh, so close, so close. Next I'm telling you. Man. Yeah, Edward Morgan was the first Glasgow Poet Laureate. He was named as the Scottish Macker or National Poet. You may have seen him this year. 2020 is his centenary here at Love Books, We've already been celebrating his centenary by publishing the Centenary Collection Guest edited by Colin Hurd the centenary collection contains poetry short stories inspired by Edwin Morgan's scrapbooks including a foreword by Colin Hurd and contributions from Liz Lockhead Henry Bell Stephen Watt Katie Veach Sean Wacoon, Jack McMillan Laura Bissell Russell Jones Leila Josephine Chesar Doza, Finola Scott and many many more <laughs> Edwin Morgan <laughs> Edwin Morgan willed close to one million pounds to the SNP and left another million to set up the Edwin Morgan Award You Must Be One Previously Unpublished unpo- Poet (laughs) However, pamphlets are allowed, and you must be two, no older than 30. This year's winner will be announced at an online event as part of the Edinburgh Book Festival, beginning on Saturday the 15th of August, which is only... Six Six Days days Away away. Oh my god Less than a week Oh Oh. yeah Oh Oh it's exciting We interviewed All seven poets Shortlisted for this year's award And they have sent us all A recording of them Reading a selection Of their work Episode three Is with Kirsten Kerr A Glasgow based poet Who was originally From Aberdeen Writing about people Nature places Her poetry often Returns to what That wee glint Of magic In the everyday (laughs) Kirsten did a zoom interview With me that we will hear before this poetry reading <laughs> <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kirsten did a Zoom interview, um, and you'll be able to hear that before Kirsten's poetry reading. If you would like to have the Centenary Collection for free, you can sign up to the Speculative Books subscription service and use the code MORGAN, that's M-O-R-G-A-N, to get your first month free, and the Centenary Collection as your first book. We publish one book a month, which you can get through our subscription service, head to speculativebooks.net slash subscribe to find out. More. Whoa. Oh, God. Only six days now. Oh, I don't Are know you? if I can take it. <laughs> oh, who's it going to be? I don't know. Did you know that every person who's shortlisted for the award gets a £1,000? Is that true? That's fucking That's true, so man. good. Yeah, uh-huh, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Edward Morgan, what a guy.
0: What a guy. But without further ado, here's an interview with Kirsten Kerr and a wonderful poetry reading from Edward Morgan, shortlist T Kirsten Kerr. I think that's a word. <laughs> T <Shortlist tea. laughs>
1: Thank you very much for agreeing to do this um podcast and we can still kind of try and connect connect everything up through through poetry in that way. But I had a few questions for you, Kirsten. Um and the first one was why do you write poetry? Why poetry? Um and how long have you been doing it? When did you when did you start?
2: Sure. Well, you know, thank you so much for having me. It was very exciting to get your email through inviting me onto the podcast. Um, I've had a listen to some of your other ones. Um So, you know, it's just really exciting to be here. So thank you for having me, firstly. You're (laughs) Um, welcome. And you're right, it's very strange doing all this kind of thing through lockdown, Um, just because everything feels quite remote. But, um, you know, you kind of see, for example, seeing the announcement go up last week, or or I think it was last Monday that it went up. um, It just feels quite remote because you you feel a little bit removed in the sense that you're not, you know, you're not seeing folk to tell them, you know, you have to like text them or whatever to be like, oh, this is so exciting, look. um, So, yeah, but no, to your question, um, when did I start writing poetry and why poetry? I, it's a funny one, this, because it sort of feels like it's something I've I've kind of thought about for a long time before I actually started writing it. Um, Kind of growing up, I I read a lot, um, but I I didn't do a lot of writing myself. It just didn't seem like something that people did almost. I know that sounds a bit crazy that you'd be reading books and reading poems and you're thinking, oh, this isn't something that normal people do or whatever. but. They have to come from somewhere, right? So it's kind of something that I had in my head for a long time, but didn't do. Didn't really start writing until I was in probably my early twenties. and um, So I studied English and Scottish literature, and I was re- obviously reading a lot at that time. Um, yeah. And I just kind of thought, I'll give it a go, <laughs> see how it goes. And I just really enjoyed doing it, and and that's probably really the the why. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I I don't have a more exciting answer. It's not something I've really examined as to, you know, about myself as to why I kind of sit down and do it. I just kind of like, I like words and I like sort of forming them into something and um, poetry just really clicked with me. I'm rubbish at plots for stories, so so they had to be poetry. (laughs) Um, Excellent. uh,
1: How does it feel to be um, shortlisted for the, the, the Edward Morgan Award?
2: Oh, I mean, it's it feels quite surreal. It's it's so exciting, and it's it's lovely to feel that sort of. I suppose you know, Kathleen, Jamie, and John Glendy have read some of my poems and thought, yeah, that's that's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll put that in amongst these other poets. And then when I saw, obviously, all the other poets that were shortlisted the other week, um, it was yeah. I just it felt surreal to have my name amongst their names because I, I recognise them all from you know the kind of Scottish poetry scene I suppose you'd call it so yeah just in, just incredibly exciting and very grateful to be here I suppose. <laughs> oh,
1: fantastic and so, so if we could talk about the the collection a little bit as well um, what um, what is the if, if you could sort of uh, just describe, tell us a little bit about the collection and uh, what inspired it?
3: Sure um
2: so I suppose that well the collection is, is titled From the Din um, and it's it's 25 poems um and it's funny for me to kind of try and think about it in a way that i don't know to think of it as being some you know what you know when you ask what inspired it it's it's a strange way for me to think about it i suppose because each poem feels quite independent of the other one but probably because i wrote them over Quite a few years, um not really intending to put them together, not thinking about it in terms of being a collection, I suppose I was kind of re- just writing each poem, and then at this point ended up kind of putting them all together because I don't know. I just thought it'd be nice to kind of clump them together <laughs> um but I suppose you know thinking about maybe some themes running through it i I um, I guess a lot of the time what I find quite interesting are sort of quite small, maybe day-to-day things um, yeah. and kind of their place in the sort of wider world, um, whether that's the kind of wider world of like words and language or the sort of wider world of just kind of where, where they exist within that. Um, yeah, I guess it comes down a little bit to kind of personal experience and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, often if I'm writing a poem, I'll kind of have a, a sort of line in my head for a really long time before I'll sit down and kind of write something. So it'll just be something that I'm kind of thinking about and like mulling over for a really long time. And then I'll sit down to write the poem because I'll think, well, I'll see if I can kind of explain this to myself almost. And it always ends up that I, <laughs> I feel like I know less than I did at the beginning, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Is that your is that your process then? Do you um do you write it a bit in your head first before sitting down?
2: yeah yeah it's I almost feel like I'm being a bit secretive I suppose I kind of just like I like you know I kind of have it in my head and I'll just be thinking about it I suppose um more maybe more abstractly than having the actual words and the nice you know the nice way of saying it because I guess that's what you're doing when you sit down and write a poem you kind of want to make it sound good right I'll be maybe thinking more the yeah a bit more abstractly and I'll just kind of I mean it can sometimes be something that I'll be thinking about for like months <laughs> and then I'll eventually kind of sit down and, and write something but um but yeah that's I suppose yeah for some things <laughs> for some poems, port- that's my process yeah
1: <laughs> Excellent yeah oh, yeah of course yeah uh-huh no can't 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 <laughs> down on it but I, I, I agree I can't.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um so actually talking about process do you have any um advice for sort of new writers, I know the Edwin Morgan Award is kind of uh, aimed towards uh, sort of younger and newer writers um, mm. that might be uh, keeping an eye.
2: Yeah, what a lovely question. Um, it's so cliche, I suppose, but the, I guess my, my biggest piece of advice is just just keep writing. And I mean, I guess there's a reason it's cliche, it's because it's the, the truth, it's probably what most people, um, really. you know, folk who are writing do, they just do a lot of writing. I think writing and, and reading widely and, and a lot helps too because obviously you kind of get to understand what what you like and what you think works by reading other people's work and that mm-hmm. probably then feeds into your own a little bit and you and by doing a lot of your own writing you kind of find how you like to express things or, or whatever through language and um, and probably being part of a, a writing group if you're not already I think would really help because then you're kind of getting feedback and you're reading other people's work and and it's just a nice process as well. It gives you a little bit of motivation too, if you have like, a, if you feel like you need to maybe write something for whatever then the next week or month or something like that. So,
1: Colin Bramwell actually said something similar when he was saying about um, how he, when he studied literature. He kind of felt the the or English literature. He felt the the, the the pressure of like reading all these kind of greats or like mm-hmm. the, the 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 kind of best, best, the best of the best, and kind of you feel feel when you're reading um kind of regularly you find a, a pressure on yourself to kind of make, make something yourself to kind of add to the add add to the i don't know what's the word the,
2: the canon or something like that
1: yeah totally <laughs>
2: i <laughs> think if you thought like that you'd just never get anything done would you <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> um no, yes, no, no. it's great to sort of be around people who are who you feel are kind of a similar level to you in terms of whether you know if they're just starting out it can be nice to be kind of going through that same development alongside other people i think
1: mm-hmm. no excellent and um to to the f- final question I've got for you is where do you think poetry is heading um in the future nice <laughs> and
2: vague for you there. Yeah. It's such a big question. <laughs> I feel like you need to ask someone that has like a PhD and twenty years of <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, um, I think um I think it has to be, you know, down the sort of the road of diversity really, doesn't it? It has to be a a kind of widening and, and broadening of the voices that are being heard in the poetry world or however you want to phrase it. It really has to be that in terms of you know, culture, voice, background—you know—a bit more reflective, maybe, of the the country we live in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, quite right. Excellent. Well, well, a nice, a nice place to end off on. Anyway, so thank, thanks very much, Kristen, for for chatting with me today. And we're now going to hear um, your pre-recorded poetry set um, from from the future. <laughs> But (laughs) uh, So thanks again and all the best of luck with with the award and everything um, that's coming out over the next couple of weeks. Okay.
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me and, you know, for for taking the time. And yeah, it's been lovely. been lovely to join you. (laughs) Excellent. Kirsten, care, everybody. All right. Thank you.
3: Hello. Thank you so much to Sam for chatting to me there about poetry and for having me onto the podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here at the virtual version of the In Deep Poetry Night's. Um, I'm going to read a few poems from my collection, From the Din, for you today. It's a bit strange just uh, reading these poems out in my flat, just to myself, (laughs) but we'll see how we get on. It's a bit of a lucky dip selection, so here we go. The first one I'm going to read is actually the first poem in the collection, Um, and I sat down and wrote it just after a wee trip to Iona last summer. So I stayed on Iona for a few nights after travelling to Oban and taking the two ferries across. So you take one over to Mull and then drive across Mull and take a ferry over to Iona. Um, And to be honest, the wee island, it it just just captured my heart. Um, I've always lived in sort of busy cities and towns, so this version of Scotland was just really different for me. Um, And really in this poem, I'm just thinking a wee bit about existing in this place that's quite new to me I mean of course it's somewhere that people live you know it's their everyday life um but it was just you know so different and kind of that feeling of being sort of new in myself almost and that sense of time passing in a very different way um so this is on Iona on Iona that half hourly clang of the ferry docking peals clear as church bells through the village. And we occupy the timekeeping of a place entirely new, the 6 p.m. moped that zips down the front as dinghies shoggle in the minutes. And later in the evening, walking back from the abbey, we laugh at how the ferry's departure call fractures before being startled by the tip-tap of a toad across wet tarmac. Okay, so this next wee poem is called Heavy Bee. Um, I was sitting watching a wee white-tailed bumblebee dot from daisy to daisy one afternoon in the sun, just in the wee sort of patch of grass out the back of my flat. Um, And since then, I just couldn't shake the image of this sort of big fuzzy bumblebee kind of doing its rounds Um, you know they're such important wee creatures but what I really kind of enjoyed about this was it didn't look serious at all you know Um, but of course it was doing this incredibly important thing so this is called Heavy Bee Heavy Bee feelering by Busy with air and heavy in it. Are you heavy with B-word? Or dizzied by the weight of your own B-shaped black-yellow? Bustling with life, your movement speaks the heavy task. Pollinating the shift to summer from spring. So back when I was a kid, um... I stumbled across this wee sort of paper bag, wee envelope type thing, folded and tucked sort of carefully away into the shoebox that my mum kept all the photos. And when I opened it out, I found all these brilliant old black and white pictures. Um, And there's one in particular that really stayed with me, I think because of the style of the photograph. You know, it was a picture of my great-grandma, and she was sort of half transparent looking Um, in the photo, And you kind of see her features and all that, but you could sort of see through them um, to the sort of trees behind. And I think partly too, because it was kind of a picture of her when she was a young woman, I had this sort of realisation, you know, as a kid that she'd also been young once. And I know that sounds a bit mad um, when I say it out loud, but when I was wee, it it just seemed like all grown-ups must kind of always have been the way they were when I knew them you know so this was really me starting to think about her outside of my own timeline kind of with her own you know of course with her own life and existence um so I suppose this poem is just me starting to I suppose I'm just kind of taking a look at that really just sort of exploring it I mean you know like so many folk of that generation she left school at a very young age and went into service she was kind of working in a big house so yeah i'm just kind of i suppose yeah just exploring that really in this poem and it's called plain song plain song her voice rings apple crisp every sunday from plain song Though so her hands are scabbed from beeswax, rotten stone, scourers. She folds them behind her back. For the mahogany, it's linseed oil, a woolen rag, then pressed linen. Cloth for a shine, she wonders if her thoughts will only ever be concerned with this. It was rifling through old photos I came across her. Nineteen or twenty. Not long out of service and married, in a buttermilk dress, smiling as the day crested, and half transparent in the long shutter time, as though she had only ghosted through some fugitive moment. So, this is the last poem that I'll read for you today, and it's called Wee Pelly. Pele being the famous Brazilian football player. When my dad was wee, um, his family moved to a new city and I remember him telling me sort of a wee bit about the move and that the street on the estate they moved into, um, that's where the best football player in his school year also lived. And I just always came back to that fact. I found it so... Sorry, interesting that that's something he he kind of included in the story um, and just kind of funny. But I, I suppose that is something you would have found quite important at that age. Um, and I guess I just started kind of, you know, widening my view about it a bit and considering football as this form of language, form of expression, really. I mean, I've grown up around people who, you know, they love the game and some of them talk about it in a way they, they don't talk about anything else. So, this is called Wee Pelly. Wee Pelly. Because you were the nippiest player on the street. And we Running the 200 metres, in and out half a minty. Feet twice the speed of the beat to the start of Gino. Dancing across the scaffy carpet to that. Clammed in headphones, six-inch stitched hems. Just before she told you she fancied you. Then after. How you met your pals at the pitch. Said nothing and top-cornered. Fit an absolute belter. Okay, well... Thank you so much for listening and um, for giving me the opportunity to share some of my poems. And thank you again to the folk in Deep Poetry Night and Speculative Books for having me on um, onto the podcast. I've had a really lovely time just chatting away about poems, to be honest. So, you know, thank you again and take care. Bye.